Welcome to the Roundtable, the show that brings you the latest in the worlds of football, basketball, and gambling. Now, let's get to it. Here are your hosts, Brad Wakai and Tyson Gentry. Welcome into the Roundtable. I'm Brad Wakai. That is my co-host, Tyson Gentry. We have another little addition for some off-season NFL stuff we got going on, Tyson. We have our draft dive, which is coming out again later this week. We'll be diving into some of those teams taking high, selecting high in the draft. But the, we got a new addition right here. It's called the off-season office. So all the scuttlebutt, all the different signings. We got franchise stuff, franchise tag stuff going on. So we're going to dive into that and give our take on that. Um, interesting day today as we're recording here. League doesn't sleep, man. They're trying to catch up to the NBA. They want to be the premier soap opera in town, and I'm all for it. This is – nothing's better than being able to blow off a random Monday at work, refreshing your feed, trying to figure out what the hell's going on in the NFL. Absolutely. And so we got to start with the big one, Derek Carr. It seems like he finally picked the team. And I love how the cars are like, you know, this is going to be a long process. We're going to do our time. And literally like, nope, we're the first quarterback to sign. <laughs> Well, it was, it's a double-edged sword, though, because it's like you want to be able – the rumor was he wanted to be able to lure free agents by having him in New Orleans, which, like, think pretty highly of yourself there, huh, bud? I don't know. Oh, I don't know which one of these – is Juju Smith-Schuster? Like, that's the prized possession of your wide receiver class. I don't know who's signing up to go play with Derek Carr, but he found a home, dude, and um, he got another no-trade clause in the contract. He got um, $37.5 million uh, a year is what it works out to pretty much. Yeah, um, so good deal for him. Good deal for the Saints. In all honesty, uh, this is a team that hasn't drafted a quarterback in the first or second round since they took Archie Manning at uh, seventy three or whatever it is. So um, stays the same over there, and they keep painting them or purposefully putting themselves in this corner with no real way out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Four year deal, one hundred fifty million dollars, one hundred million in total guarantees, basically seventy million dollars effectively guaranteed at. Uh, signing uh or 60 million at signing another 10 million dollars in the year three of this thing at vesting after year one so just a way for the saints kind of get around their salary cap issues right now but let's talk about it in this front does this do anything for you regarding the saints chances to win the nfc no to win the nfc south absolutely like this makes them probably the favorites in, in the division because it's kyle trask and it, then it's a combination of rookies um that you're looking at playing against basically Derek Carr is going to be the best quarterback in the division, we think. But as far as winning the entire NFC, no. I think the only people that are upset is like the Eagles who have their 2024 second round pick um, and people who are holding uh, Saints future tickets um, might have been hoping for something a little bit more explosive here. But like this is it's just going to be a rerun of, of the Indianapolis Colts. And I, I hate to come on here and kind of drag it, but Michael Thomas is over the hill. Chris Olave looked awesome, but then it's Rahid Shahid. It's like, who else are we really throwing the football to? Jawan Jennings? It's, it's not a star-studded class. Alvin Kamara is uh, busy indicting himself in the back of Ubers and not really focusing on football. Like, this was a horrible move by the Saints. Good for you for getting your quarterback. I don't, I don't care about winning the division. Truthfully, I'd rather um, take my licks and live in cap hell for a year because you did this to yourselves. Uh, but general managers don't want to lose their jobs, and that's kind of part of that. But as the owner, as Mickey Loomis, you got to look around and be like, there's no way out of this. The only way out is through, and we got to suck. And all you're doing is prolonging the suck. 
Yeah, and it's clear they want to be back in the playoffs. You know, that's that's what they want to deliver their fan base. And this is a move to like, hey, let's just win the division and we'll just kind of figure it out. But I agree with you. It's not forward thinking. It's not a long term vision. Like Derek Carr, four years in Capel, where you're not going to be able to surround him with elite weapons. Like, I think maybe you just hope that you just be able to draft diamonds in the rough at the receiver position so that you can lower that salary cap there. I mean, you're going to have to cut bait with Michael Thomas soon. Like that's, that's, that situation's over. You have a lobby there that could be your cornerstone piece, but beyond that, like what free agent is even able to sign that's attractive enough? Like Derek Carr, dude, like, okay, people, let's say if somebody does want to go play with you, are they going to take like a hundred thousand dollars? Cause that's all you have left <laughs> in the bank there. If you're the saints. So it's, we're in agreement with this one here. It's just a very short-sighted thinking on, hey, let's just find a way back into the playoffs. And I think Derek Carr, when they offered him this deal, was like, I don't know if I'm getting anything better than this. So uh, I'll sign up for that. Yeah, and you got to take it, especially with uh, basically the Jets telling you that you're second place to them. Like if Aaron Rodgers isn't available, then fine, we'll sign you, but we don't want you right away. And the Saints uh, didn't have any problem doing that. It's it's going to be a lot uh, for New Orleans fans because there's some things with Derek Carr that get hidden uh, because like Vegas was such a dumpster fire and because nobody was really watching, like he's not a needle mover. He just, he never will be. Uh, also, I did want to say this kind of funny that Derek Carr is going from like two of the most prominent party towns in America, yeah. going from Vegas into New Orleans. Like, Hey man, he's not living a dull life. I mean, I don't know if he necessarily parties, but well, he's trying to find whatever, to whatever town has the cheapest eyeliner that he can throw on or whatever <laughs> he can buy in bulk. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Geno Smith back in Seattle, signed a $105 million contract, three-year deal, $52 million in the first year. So Geno Smith is going to be paid $52 million next season. Holy smoke, Seattle. Uh, This is crazy to me. I know people are like, well, he had a good year last year. Listen, the tape on Geno was just like done after a while. Like, what are you going to go on? The Jets tape? Like, it just... I don't know if this seems crazy to me at $52 million for a quarterback. And that's an expensive bridge. If that's the way you're going to go. And if that's what you want to draft in the first round, I don't know. Just, I just don't see it with Seattle. They did a good job last year to make the playoffs, did a good job last year. And everybody thought they were going to tank and be horrible. And it didn't happen. And Gina was a big reason why I don't think he can do that in back-to-back seasons. And at $52 million, um, you better, better knock this draft out of the park. So this is the way this one works in my head is that this is either going to look horrendous in nine months um, or it's going to be a a thing where like Geno Smith looks the same uh, next year. And then all of a sudden you got a pretty cheap quarterback going forward. The real kind of red herring here for me is like everybody now is like, well, the Seahawks locked Geno up. I think that means they really like Anthony Richardson at five or they really like Will Levis at five as somebody that they want to sit and maybe it's Jalen Carter. Maybe he slides to five and we forget about the off the field stuff because he's a freak of nature um, and they take him. But this does not disqualify the Seahawks from taking a quarterback in any capacity. Um, and if anything, honestly, kind of leads me to believe that they're looking at these project guys now like one of those guys is going to be available at five and we sure would love to get our hands on one. Yeah, and uh, maybe that's maybe that is the play because all we've heard is, "Hey, the Seahawks are going to draft defense." You know, Pete Carroll likes his defensive guys, so they, if they do do that and they get like the project QBs that we've discussed, I think that is a smarter move uh, to do that and just have him learn behind Geno Smith, who is a consummate professional. So, 
Oh man, we'll see. But fifty-two million dollars for Geno Smith next year—that just him, doesn't man. sound right. Oh, good for him for sure. It's just, geez, Seattle, what are you doing? I mean, anytime you can ten times your career earnings in a day, you've done well. So the Lamar, Lamar Jackson rumors just don't stop, Tyson. They keep churning, they keep burning. Man, oh man! Now here's the latest: the Ravens, who doesn't seem like they're going to be able to work out a long-term deal with him, are then going to franchise tag him with the idea that they can trade him to another team who maybe is a suitor. So you have an interesting theory on something, but let's let's start here with just what do you think about what the hell is going on in Baltimore? Why, why can't they get this deal done? The longer this goes on, and typically I don't care so much about like pushing it all the way up against the the wire here because that's the way, honestly, it should go. You shouldn't throw your franchise tag on somebody until 328 um, if the deadline's at 330 on the 7th. He's not going to play for the Ravens if they give him the tag. It certainly, to me, seems like he is done. Like he doesn't, he doesn't want to be there anymore. Um, you had Rashad Bateman the other day going on there and calling oh. out the general manager, and for what it's worth, he was right. But Elijah Moore was right earlier this year too, and we saw how that worked out for him. Sometimes it's better just to shut the fuck up and take your lumps, man. I mean, uh, it's a lot of talking. Nobody over there seems super happy. Um, I think that. In all honesty, I think Lamar Jackson is hoping for the exclusive rights franchise tag so that he can negotiate with other teams. I've been saying Atlanta earlier. What I now think is a real possibility is that uh, he waits, uh, if he is uh, given that exclusive rights tag, he waits until after the draft uh, to approach the Miami Dolphins and the Miami Dolphins do the same to approach him uh, because then those two first-round picks, Miami will have the 24 and 25 uh, first round pick where they don't have a 23 first so they're ineligible to sign him um, until after the draft if that's the way things shake out will he want to wait that long I don't know but this is the cycle that we're stuck in Ravens plan to negotiate with Lamar Jackson Ravens and Lamar Jackson super far apart Ravens and Lamar Jackson going to meet later this week and then it just goes and goes and goes and every report that we get is like hey these guys aren't even close right <laughs> That's just it makes no sense. And the general manager Eric DaCosta took over for Ozzie Newsom when he stepped away from the team. And got to be frank, man, he, I don't think he's done a very good job as general manager. Hasn't surrounded Treading his water. franchise QB at a good with with enough talent, in my opinion. So now you got players unhappy. If you lose Lamar Jackson, I don't know. We'll see how the organization feels about that, but. That that Dolphins rumor is interesting because what does that do with Tua? Like, is after last season he proved I think that he could play, but also needed a ton of help around them for that to be the case. Would then he sign a deal with the or would he be traded for by the Falcons? Like, would the Falcons want to trade for Tua? Is that something that they're interested in? How does the Falcons brain feel? Be, how do the Falcons be aggressive and they go after Lamar Jackson? Are there anybody else? that would want to go after Lamar Jackson, like the Jets. Is that a possibility if they don't think they can get Aaron Rodgers? So there's a ton of interesting stuff here that I'm sure we're going to have to continue to address on the Lamar Jackson front as we get closer and closer to a decision that needs to be made for them. Um, I don't know. It's it's a very interesting thing. You, you know, you think you have your franchise guide. It seems like that marriage is falling apart right now. It's tough, man, especially when you don't have an agent. Uh, but it's interesting because they, they worked out that deal with Roquan Smith in 15 minutes, and he doesn't have an agent either. And the Lamar thing has been dragging on. The Cleveland Browns did this. 
Like this was a sleeper play with the Deshaun Watson contract. <laughs> uh, they knew Lamar was going to be all in. Um, look, you can't give him what he wants because that's that's insane. It was insane when the Browns did it, and look how it's working out for them. They're already going to restructure the deal because they're like, hey, we can't afford any of the guys we already have. Uh, right. So he can't get what he wants, but I think the Ravens, he's a 26-year-old former unanimous MVP of the National Football League, and he's probably had his best year uh, that he'll ever have. But he's top seven, at least. You pay for top seven. Yep, absolutely. Okay, franchise tag updates as we wrap up our first edition of the office offseason office. Uh, the Commanders, first time they've used the franchise tag since 2021. They tagged Duran Payne. He had a career-high 11.5 sacks last year from the interior, 49 pressures, 20 QB hits. Pretty good. He had a good season. It's going to make $18.937 million this upcoming season with the franchise tag. What do you think about that decision? I mean, I like it as an Eagles fan because it kind of accelerates him getting out of the division. Uh, He's a really good player. I mean, (laughs) I don't think they're going to give him two tags in a row. And honestly, when you give guy one, it depends. It's either – Right, it's like it's a badge of honor for some of the guys. It's like, look, I got a franchise tag, and it pisses some of them off because they should be long-term players. Deron Payne seems like a level-headed guy when he's not uh, fighting teammates on the sideline, and I, I'm curious to see how he's going to take it. But like, this is what you have to do with guys that like you just cannot afford to lose, especially with Chase Young. Uh, to me, Chase Young is a prime trade candidate uh, that nobody's talking about right now. Yeah, that's a good thought there. Cowboys also tagged Tony Pollard. So another divisional rival tag and somebody. So <laughs> this is insane. T- Pollard's going to now get $10.09 million. They also could have tagged T- Dalton Schultz, um, who I think is actually extremely important to that offense. They decided to go and tag Tony Pollard. The C- Cowboys now, as expected, with this money going to Pollard and the Zeke contract, will be paying the most. Uh, at the running back position in the history of the NFL. So there you go, Cowboys. I mean, Pollard's a better running back than than Zeke, but he just got hurt in his last game of the season in the playoffs. Like, he may not play this year. Like, this is crazy to me. What I mean, what, what is there even to say about this? I mean, you're looking conservatively probably at a guy missing six weeks, $10 million at the most devalued position in the NFL, and he's a game changer and he's a game breaker and all that stuff. There's a handful of those guys out there that don't cost you $10 million. This is the most stacked uh, running back draft class in quite some time. It's the most stacked uh, running back free agency uh, in quite some time. And I I have a hard time wrapping my head around um, Tony Pollard gets the tag, but is he, uh, but Saquon Barkley uh, is in trouble of making that $10 million next season. Like, that doesn't make any sense in my head. And they're paying the most to running backs, and then they're going to draft Bijan. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, another running back tag, the Las Vegas Raiders tagged Josh Jacobs. They declined his fifth-year contract and then put a then put a franchise tag on him. Uh, he led the league in rushing last year, first player in franchise history to win that since Marcus Sound in 1985. So Josh Jacobs will be getting paid $10 million next season. We'll see. We'll see if he can com- continue to improve upon that production last year. I think that's going to be hard, uh, 12 touchdowns along with the 1,600 yards, but Oh, why did they not just pick up his fifth-year option? Dude, they're paying him more money because they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, and now they don't have a quarterback. Like, you franchise take a running back, and you don't have a quarterback, and you're going to go in the offseason with no real prospects outside of that top seven pick that you have of finding a quarterback. Like, if this is if this is a project quarterback spot, like an Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, that guy fails. 
10 times out of 10. Like it's just, it's not going to be a great situation to walk into. Josh Jacobs deserved it, balled out, uh, should have gotten his fifth year option picked up. I thought that was ridiculous a year ago. Um, I think it's even more stupid now. And for everybody who wants to talk about the running back position is devalued. It is in the NFL draft. These guys normally get second contracts and then we're, we're upset about it two years into the second contract. But at the time, everybody's excited to lock these guys down. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the best franchise tag that's been done so far, Jaguars tag, they're tied into Evan Engram. He's going to be making $11.345 million. This was a signing I think they needed to do. Now, he had a much better year than he's had any previous year in New York. 766 yards, four reception touchdowns. Uh, caught the ball 73 times on 98 targets. That was very productive. And I thought he really came on towards the end of the season, sort of fitting into that offense was a big part of why they made the playoffs, why Trevor Lawrence started looking better. So I, I like this tag for the Jags. What are your thoughts? And I think it's really important for continuity because this is Trevor Lawrence now growing, uh, showed us that he can be a top 10 guy in the league uh, over the second half of last year and into the playoffs. Retaining Evan Ingram while adding Calvin Ridley, who got reinstated today. Uh, you have to do that. And in all honesty, if you're the Jaguars, you're like, I could pay him $11 million once, or I could pay him $9 million a year for the next four. I don't want to pay him for the next four. We'll get him once. Uh, let Trevor kind of keep growing. And then I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a the classic, I always have a good tight end, because he's always going to make a tight end good. I think this is the last time that we see a significant money invested in a tight end in Jacksonville. Um, unless Doug Peterson gets his hand on Zach Ertz next offseason, then who knows? <laughs> and last thing here, franchise tag update. Not one that was given out. The Chiefs announced they're not going to tag Orlando Brown, their left tackle. So he's going to have to get a long-term deal figured out here. Um, he wants a long-term deal to get done. He's going to have a week as of now to get it done. So we're going to see what happens there. They're negotiating from a point of pretty strong leverage. Obviously, this would be a second tag in a row. So uh, he'd be making like 10% more than what the tag actually is even, uh, which would have been good for him. But like, if you're the Chiefs, it's, hey, you want to come here and play for Super Bowls every year? Or you want to go back to Baltimore? Remember when you were over there? Remember how much fun <laughs> that was? Yeah, I think uh, I think this thing is locked up pretty good. And honestly, um I'd be curious to see what the market is for a very, very good young left tackle that uh, was sold to us as great and hasn't quite looked great, but like people pay for this kind of thing, like crazy money. And so if I'm him, I'm almost like in the back of my head. I'm like, yeah, the chiefs are always going to be there, but I want to come. I want to look around. Yeah, that's fair. I'm, I'm curious about that too. All right, that's the first edition of the off-season office. We'll have a ton more scuttlebutt to discuss as the franchise tags start rolling in, as the rumors keep piling up. I mean, after the draft, who knows what's going to happen there. We're going to have a ton to keep you updated here on the off-season office. In the meantime, like, subscribe, and share the show. Follow us on our social media channels. If you're watching us on YouTube, it's been ticking on the bottom line below. Twitter at TRT underscore pod. TikTok, Instagram at underscore the roundtable pod underscore. We'll be back with a draft dive content this week, conference basketball tournaments as well. We will talk to you all soon. Peace. Thanks for listening to The Roundtable. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. While you're there, please rate and review so others find out about the show. We'll catch you on the next episode of The Roundtable.